Welcome to Rotten Radio. Rotten Radio is a monthly podcast we bring you the first Wednesday of the month with the Rutten Brothers. Father Paul Rutten, pastor of St. Mary Church in Sioux Falls. Father John Rutten, pastor of St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg. And Joe Rutten, professor and director of the Benedictine Institute for Leadership, Ethics, and Social Justice at Mount Marty College. Let's join them now for a little faith, family, and plenty of fun. Good morning, rock stars! From coast to coast, we give you a toast as you listen to Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. Coming to you with my brothers, Rutten. I am Joe, your host, and I have co-hosts as well, and they are Father Paul and Father John, the brothers, Rutten. How we doing, fellas? <laughs> Doing well. I, I don't think I'll ever get used to your introduction, but that's all right. I'm doing well. My personality doesn't really accommodate well no, to type it out and read I know, these lines. I know, I know, I know. It's, okay. it's good. I'm doing well. Doing well. It's, it's a beautiful day. So. Uh, Father John? Doing good. Uh, just gotten back, or not just back, but I was on vacation. Just read a little uh, note about how the number of licenses for fishing have doubled. Oh, right. Uh, and there's the the new, uh, what do they call it? Like the isolationist vacation or something or the mm. isolationist activity. So when I read it, I was like, Oh, that's what I was doing. I was by myself 12 days, Montana, Wyoming, Yellowstone doing everything and didn't have to worry about all the mask and COVID and all that stuff. So I don't know uh, if I'd call that a vacation. I think that was a little bit more than just a vacation. <laughs> I think that's what a vacation is supposed to be. Uh, but um, not yeah, many people get children it don't permit don't permit <laughs> right. don't permit a vacation to be like I had it. So right, yeah, right, it was right. outstanding. Well, that's great. So, so what you're telling me, what you're telling home. me, Father John, is that uh, everybody that went on that teardrop trailer craze a few years back is mm -hmm. now pulling their teardrop trailers out of storage and using them possibly yeah. uh -huh. because you can't get the there's like things that are hard to get which trailer like camping units you know uh, yeah. campers are right, really hard right. to get now uh and i'm gonna hold it i'm not gonna tell you right now but there is Something that is very difficult to get that's going to surprise you. All right, our listeners out there from coast to coast, you're listening to Rutten Radio here on the Real Presence Network, spanning across the five-state Midwest, upper Midwest region. But uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Rutten Radio, or hopefully you all have the Real Presence app on your phones, and you can listen to us wherever you want, whenever you want, from around the globe. Well, fellas... We've got our movie of the month. And I'm telling you, we've got a winner this month, baby. Holy smokes. The same kind of different as me. Let me repeat. If you have not watched it, same kind of different as me. Father Paul, could you give us a little context for our movie of the month here? Sure. It's uh, based on a true story of an international art dealer, Ron Hall who must befriend a dangerous homeless man in order to save his struggling marriage to his wife, a woman whose dreams will lead all three of them on a journey of their lives. Holy smokes, a journey yeah. it is. And one of my contributions that I'll get to is the journey is an interior one. Yeah. Uh, there's a <laughs> lot of work going on. There's a, it's a journey, it's an adventure, but it's not across mm -hmm. three, four states like Father John just went on. This one is a journey into the heart. So, 
any warnings, content warnings, language, vulgarian, or anything that we need to be? No, it's probably one of the cleanest. Yeah, I mean, there's just, yeah. No, not yeah, it's really. a really normal movie, or it's a really easy movie There's a little watch. bit of topics that are good to have a discussion around. Yeah, but, obviously, but nothing, yeah. like, no, there, I don't even think they swear. Yeah, there's one violent outbreak. This, other, yeah, than that, other than that, yeah, yeah, there's a violent outbreak with a bat. There's a couple of windows that are broken, <laughs> but, but I mean that happened in our house, right. and there was <laughs> <laughs> there was no warning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Content door. warning for the rutten house. Right. No, no, no. Enter it just happened to be a baseball game. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a movie you could have seen on TV. Yep, outstanding. Oh. Well, uh, it. It just was really, really powerful, really moving for me. Just an average movie in the sense that I kind of felt like I could have been watching a Hallmark movie, but it was a step above, if you will. There's a little bit better quality and content to it. Um, There's not, a lot of people angry at you right now. Oh, what do you mean it's better than a Hallmark? What's up with Hallmark right. movies? Yeah. Sorry for attacking yeah. Hallmark. Yeah. Yeah. Layla uh, Noonan is not going to be happy with you. Yeah. yeah. Well, it actually would fit right into the Hallmark genre right. out there. It's that good. Yeah, and well, this is what I would say about it, just as a side note is, it's so unusual to watch a movie that doesn't have sex, violence, vulgarity. Right, right. This is why it maybe feels like a Hallmark movie. It has a different, it has a real depth to it that might be different than a Hallmark movie. Um, but you just, you watch it and it feels like, oh my God, no sex, no violence, no vulgarity. Yeah, it wasn't sensationalized. Um, yeah. It was a very human story. Uh, initial thoughts or comments as you kind of jump off and jump off into a little commentary on this month's movie. Yeah, I mean, I thought it did a good job of, you know, in a sense, speaking to the common issues that we all face when dealing with people who aren't like us. You know, whenever you bump up against, you know, I, again, in a culture today, we're more and more isolated from from thoughts, people, views that aren't like our own. Um, and we can often see the differences in them, but we don't always notice the similarities, uh, especially if the person you're looking at isn't someone you want to be. Uh, and they talked about that. I think we'll get, I'll get to that later. Um, they really made a point of kind of addressing that idea of the similarities or at least the beginnings of where people come from. So, yeah, something I realize, and it isn't maybe the movie, but it's my life that God has prepared us for these days. You know, sometimes we can be in front of something so frightening or, you know, challenge and think like I'm helpless, but I really f feel helpless in front of a lot of what we're dealing with, but God prepared in some way. And this movie I watched maybe a year ago about-ish, and it really impacted me. It grappled, grabbed me in a particular way, and never could have imagined that here now we'd be in front of the circumstances we are. So uh, something that really rests, as I was watching this, I was like, oh my gosh, you put this in my life and in my heart a year ago so that now we could come back to it and we could have it be a lens with which we start asking some questions. So um it's been a really beautiful movie, and I think there are multi-facets. This is the other thing about it is, depending on what you're dealing with at the moment, you can come into the movie and think the movie is about X, Y, Z. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, now that I'm watching it this time, actually, I see the movie actually is about ABC. Right, <laughs> so right. it has a, a depth and a multitude of, it's a prism. Right. I think as I watched it, um, with our current circumstance around racial injustice and unrest, I 
saw it through that prism to begin with, but then you get through it and you're like, well, this is ultimate. It's about poverty. It's about class. It's about privilege. It's about all kinds of things. Race is in there once in the country club scene where, you know, somebody makes race the issue, but fundamentally that's one of a multitude of issues that's being addressed in the movie. Uh, As I, I had a great anxiety. It took me a long time to settle down uh, as I watched the movie because I, feel like I, all of a sudden I've been conditioned to expect the worst. And oh. I was expecting her to kick him out. I was expecting yeah. him to become mm. the the person, the the 55 year old grown man that is, uh, you know, has a crisis, his wife leaves him and then he just falls apart. Um, or, you know, he walks out, right. He, you know, gives him the, you know, tells his family to take a hike and he goes and makes his own life and finds another girlfriend and so on and so forth. I just it had this anxiety that some the next, the other shoe was going to fall. Uh, and so I was anticipating a divorce. I was anticipating him to when, when she comes and gives him another shot and says, all right, if there's anything else, now's your one chance. Mm-hmm. I was like, Ooh, here we go. Like I, I, I was still waiting for multiple scenes for it to be, him not having come and fessed up and right. been honest at that moment, but it never happened, right? He 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 was honest. Yep. Remember the painting? <laughs> Remember the the painting I got cleaned up? <laughs> I, I actually <laughs> sold that. Uh, yeah. Well, hey, the, if, yeah, yeah. what do we call that? We just teaser. Spoiler we just spoiler alert. alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. If you're following us, go watch the movie, and uh, you know, yeah. I just spoiled one scene, but but she noticed it. She like noticed, she noticed there was something different about the painting. And he didn't think she'd notice. She'd notice. What in our own lives do we think yeah. people don't aren't paying attention but to? It, but again, how symbolic, right? Because it wasn't it at the wedding gift? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was their wedding gift. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and so like he sold the wedding gift. That's like, how much he cared about their like wedding. At that stage of his marriage. life. Right. You know, now we don't know. He sort of alludes that the, the, a lot of money was given for it or whatever. And, Maybe they were stressed and, you know, we do things for, you know, again, people do things for various reasons and we don't always know what it would be like to be in that position. Right. And so again, how often do you find yourself making a decision for the wrong reason? But can you get, can someone listen a little bit? Right. And she asked for it. Like that's the other thing. She asked. So there was sort of this, I don't know what you call it, freedom, like, this is the safe moment right here, right here. You, this right. is it. Oh, the door is open. Everything you say right now, this will be done. And we're going to move on. Right. Mom and dad gave me that opportunity once. <laughs> what? Uh, what once? Time? Yeah. 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 So uh, without full disclosure, uh, <laughs> it was fun, but it was, it puts me in a moment where I knew exactly what was happening right there. I had experienced the mercy yeah. in a sense of what happened right there. I'd been in a place where I was given that chance, and I did. I threw something else in just to say, yep. And I remember thinking, gosh, that's great. Like, I just got a, a freebie. I got a freebie, right? Yeah. Like, and, and mom's uh. the one that offered it. Mom's was, mom was like, in the moment, she was like, well, is this it? Or are there other things that right. we should be aware of? And I'm like, oh. And I 
There, yep, there are some other things. Right. And so that, but what a All beautiful right, grace. Vince, what a beautiful Leo, Nicholas, just remember <laughs> right. this. Right, right. You might need to, to remind your dad someday. It was very minor. <laughs> uh, so, lenses, John, yep. you, you had said uh, the movie kind of gave you, it was like a prism that it allowed you a lens by which you could start asking some questions. What questions did. Yeah, the like the, I mean, the, right away it was the question about the vision, right? And I think because of the circumstances we live in right now, where it's sort of uh, um, black versus white, or police versus non-police, or you know, the easy ways we can kind of divide these two issues, which most people don't see it that easily. But it's easy to just kind of be like, oh yeah, it's uh, I believe racism is a problem, or I believe not, or Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. I mean, everything we want to just put into two categories. And in a way, not many things are just two categories, right? <laughs> you know. But but it helps us in the way in which we live to sort of be able to say I'm on the right side or not. And isn't it interesting that we want to be on the right side? Whether oh, yeah. you, no matter, no matter who's arguing from what position, you aren't arguing saying I'm on the wrong side. Right. I'm really no bad. One. You know, you're sort of like creating two camps, and you're on the right side, they're on the wrong, and I've figured it. You know, so that that reality of the division, and it was first evident for me this time in the black versus the Caucasian, the the gentleman, um, the wealthy man. And the homeless man. Uh, but as I kept watching the movie, it, as I paid attention to this division, I realized, oh, this movie is actually about marriage mm -hmm. and the division in marriage. And the it's about both of the uh, the Caucasians primarily in that the and I, what's the guy's name? So I can use uh, which Denver? The, Den no, the other guy. Uh, you Ron, know, Ron. Ron. Ron and his wife, uh, Renee Zellweger, right? That's yep. the Renee, uh, whatever her name is, right? <laughs> there's their marriage is there's division in it. Okay. Right. And then you look at his parents and there's division in their marriage because of the father's alcoholism. Right. And then you hear from Denver and you realize that he didn't have a dad and there was then division within this. And it's like, well, that's not necessarily like marriage but then it's like oh division between dads and it's like oh ron and his dad are divided denver and his dad were divided divided by death right wasn't that what denver's dad passed away when he was a little kid or something both of you seem to be looking at me no just roll with it okay okay uh, the divided life the divided right? life yeah. and yep. so just this real D dynamic that but then ultimately inside each of them are divided like the division is right. uh, that something i have and when I saw this, I kept thinking like, you know, it's interesting you bring up the Hallmark movie. When I was watching this, my heart wanted this to be true. I wanted it to be true. And I kept thinking like, like, is this just a Hallmark movie or can this be reality? And I even one of the questions I posed was, we have to be able to say that this happens. Like, and I came here, I was like, so right. certain. We have to be able to say this happens. That Not that this is just an idea I have, but it happens. Right. Is it possible that someone in reality can actually give another a second chance? Is it possible that in reality someone could enter a homeless shelter and food kitchen and start transforming reality? Mm -hmm. Is it possible that somebody could have a dream and end up in that place and see a face of a homeless man and think that's the one? I 
did not know. I've seen the movie. I did not know until the end of the movie oh, that it's a true it, it is story. A true story. Oh, yes. Yeah. I started weeping. All right. Yeah, because it really is true. It is true. Right. The movie is true. This isn't a heart alone. <laughs> uh, so that my heart, what what's a deeper insight? That my heart wants what happened there to be possible. And it happens. Right. And, and I've found that part of my own problem is I've, I can I can cultivate or create a social media stream that's constantly infusing me with a different ending. Mm. That the world actually isn't going to end well. Things all are falling apart. Humpty Dumpty can't be put back together. So on and so forth. And all I'm doing is like just creating my own stream of noxious fumes that, you know, uh, this theme of the divided life, uh, Alex- Alexander Solzhenitsyn, the great Russian um, uh, poet, uh, writer, uh, political uh, activist, when he wrote in the Gulag Archipelago uh, that the division between good and evil isn't between states, between political parties, between people, it's, it's in our hearts. Mm-hmm. The divide between good and evil resides primarily within within man's heart. And that's where the movie went for me, was that this was, you talked about the divided life, and I saw this exactly as that, but I watched the integration of this man's life occur. And what Mm -hmm. happens with integration, one becomes, one comes to see their identity in light of God, in light of their own dignity, in light of Christ. So this deeper reality that he was experiencing was a human reality that all of us can have experience. And this is why you wanted it to be real because it's in your heart too, (laughs) right? In your heart and my, and that reality that says, you know what? None of us are perfect. What are, where's the area of my life that's divided? Maybe in some way I can reflect and say, well, in some way I have some of these similar divisions or my own divisions. Am I examining them and wrestling with them and then seeking to be converted, right? Mm-hmm. And not just living. Uh, yeah, it, it's a brilliant movie from an internal reflective standpoint. Uh, I love the fact that you cried too, John, because every once in a while I cry and I wonder, am I the only one that sits in their basement and cries by himself? <laughs> so, so not to, yeah, we'll come back to that. If, if we remember, I got one to come back on on that. <laughs> Father Paul, <All> right. <laughs> deeper insights, thoughts, commentary, uh, to the same kind of different as me, the Rutten Radio movie of the month. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was a, a variety of things. I think it, it did a good job of, of showing somebody with faith in a, in a real way. Like she didn't fully understand, but you definitely see that she has this faith life. Like she is a woman of great faith. And so she's like, well, I'm not sure exactly what we're supposed to do, but we're going to do this. And then I'm not sure, you know, mm-hmm. but we're going to do this. And there was that uncertainty that I think so many people want it to be very clear. Like when they have the dream that it's very clear, and she was very honest that she does like, well, I don't know. I just know that that's the man. And so go, go over there, take him some food. <laughs> and he's like, I don't want to do it anyways, you know, but it wasn't like she knew what she was supposed to do. Right. She just did what she felt was the right thing at the moment and kept doing it over and, and over again um, as well. And, and so I do think that that's important for us. Like when people are trying to, to improve their faith life, it isn't always clear. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and her ability to forgive, she must have experienced God's mercy at some point in her own life. She was not self-righteous. Because when she picks up the phone to call the other woman, like who he's having the affair with, <laughs> mm. and she's like, I just want you to know, I, I forgive you, mm. and I hope you can find the real man that, that you deserve. Yeah. Right. Click. Like, and if we can be, and if we can figure this out, you won't be hearing from my husband right. again. Right. <laughs> yeah. No. But like this. But this real freedom. Like she just. There was no. Like there was no. Ang- I mean, there was sad. I mean, there was stuff. Right. Right. But only by encountering God can you get to a place where you can deal with that. She. She was a. She was very good. She yeah. was very good. I didn't even realize it was Renee Zellweger. Actually, right. Personally. Yeah. Right. Um, who? What was his name? What's that actor's name? Ron Hall's name? I forget what his name is. He, those two did Greg, a great job. It just was Greg Kinner. It was really yeah, fantastic. No, it, it was good. Um, the other thing I think that they did a good job too for is when we begin to stand for something, there's going to be pushback. Hmm. You know, so we can be sort of ambivalent to things, and we can do good things, and then when when somebody pushes back, we just sort of cave. Um, but when we really begin to stand you know, for what's right, there's going to be pushback. And and we see it in our culture today, right? I mean, it's why we're sort of, I think, hesitant to put anything on the internet. Not because I'm afraid of the pushback, but because I'm not convicted enough of whatever. It's like, that's not enough for me to deal with it. So I'm not going to do it. But in the real world, in my real life, when we're before other people, you know, are we convicted enough uh, to be able to do that as well? Yeah, and I I thought the conviction sometimes comes from a different place than you have. So the silence or the patience or the not sureness, uh, because I thought she was going to come from, I would have expected her to come from a position in regard to that other woman by going after her. Right. But she had a different position. She yeah. like said, there is an affirmative here and I am standing for that and I'm convicted and nothing's going to come if it works out right, she put all her eggs on the basket of if this can work out right. right. Not if I can keep you away or if I can get him figured out or if I can keep you apart. She was like, nope, if we can figure this out, he won't be calling you. Which is why it's an internal, it's an internal conversion that's needed, right? The external circumstance are secondary to the situation. What is primary is our own minds and hearts, right? Christ doesn't come, Christ wants a conversion of our mind, of our heart, right? Ezekiel says the, your hearts have grown to be like stone. We wish that they were like flesh. That's the conversion that he experiences. And there was great freedom. I mean, she was very free before it. She's like, here's the thing, you make the choice. Boy, that's hard though. (laughs) I'd rather go like, punch the girl. Well, not me personally, but like just, you know, punch yeah. the evil in the face and tell him to get away and not, you know, and then go home and try and like contain my problem. <laughs> you know, where it's like, she turns to the problem and says, do you want to change? Do you want to deal with this? And if you do, then I don't need to do anything out here to the, to the, to the problem out there. Um, but yeah, it just was very freeing to see the way she responded yep. instead of the way maybe that I would have wanted to respond. And the other thing that I think, and it was it was addressed just sort of subtly, and I think it really is a, a huge issue in marriages, is at the beginning, you know, they said they've been married 19 years, and he said, we haven't been intimate for two years. Mm. And she says, 
10 years since we've been intimate. And realizing his idea of intimacy was a physical one. Her idea was much more emotional, (laughs) relational. And then you see later in the movie, she warms back up to him because he's living in a different way. And and so again, I think for, for couples, when they're talking about marriage and intimacy, it isn't necessarily the same thing, but it was just fascinating. He's like, it's been two years. And she's like, it's been 10. And he he had to like stop and like evaluate that, that idea in the midst of it all. So I definitely think they did a good job of just subtly putting things in there. And then you either picked it up or you didn't and you moved on. And I'm sure you fellas know on your side of things. And I know on my side of things that that is a very real issue in marriages <laughs> and, and, it doesn't normal. Fix, yeah, and it doesn't just fix it right and like, great people have these problems yeah. oh, this, you know like healthy nor, mm-hmm. you know it's yeah. not like oh yeah you know if you just are the good christian you got that figured out well no this is life is difficult yeah. this is not and i think sometimes there's the ability to for us to stop and say on our own side like i must not be good i must not have we we kick ourselves because we have these issues that we haven't addressed or we think that we need to be good, and so we almost just act like there's nothing wrong over here. No, these are real issues that if you're not dealing with, oftentimes there's a problem in. If you don't have this tension, yeah. then you're missing it because within marriage, it's not just all easy. And yeah. So, all right. Well, well, well. Father John, I, I you, you mentioned something a minute ago. We got a couple of minutes left here in the first half hour of Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. Coming to you from coast to coast. If you don't have us on your phone, on your iPhone, get the app. You can listen to us anywhere you go. You mentioned something that you said, let's not forget this. Let's come back to this. And it had to do with weeping, with crying, oh. with being emotional. I learned about, I mean, I've always known them, but the temperaments. Oh, so oh, yes. and, and the summaries that I read, I read quick summaries of the temperaments. And one of them just spoke, a show, said that the uh, collect sanguine i think or the cleric uh is deep like goes deep or whatever anyway when i was reading them i thought oh maybe my temperament our temperament is just created in a way in which we touch upon things more deeply and so i'm gonna cry at more things as a response to reality than maybe uh phlegmatic um and it just really i was like oh Oh my gosh. <laughs> because I realized then when the Holy Spirit touches somebody else's life or when somebody else touches reality in a really deep way, their response might be different than mine. I should have known that a long time ago, but uh, brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so the temperaments. So this is why Father Paul takes a month to respond to the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's yeah. not weeping. <laughs> right. I can cry. Yeah. No, but, but it's yeah. different. But yeah. it is different. No, you're right. I absolutely. do think universally there's a thing when you touch upon something yeah. deep, you do sort of have a, a you know, tears are a part right. of look at the Psalms, you know. Yeah. But my spiritual director made me do the temperaments and give him my temperaments before he'd start spiritual direction with me. Oh, sure. So do you, you do that with others? No, I've not done that. He's, because he said it changes the, the path in which, or, or the people in which he gives to walk along with me as a companion. So the, the, the readings he chooses, oh. for instance, Trez of Lisieux and the, the Little Way versus St. John of the Cross. Well, what's the difference? <laughs> well, it's a, there's a temperament situation between St. John of the Cross and Teresa of Avila. Versus, so brilliant. Right. And so, wow. so this area here is a, something we could jump into further down the road. We're going to take a quick little break, support our sponsors, 
We'll be right back with Rutten Radio. You're listening to Rutten Radio on the RPR Network. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more of the Rutten Brothers after these messages. In today's crowded higher education field, there's one university whose quality and personal care stands out from the crowd, the University of Mary. The University of Mary offers truly affordable, flexible adult education because your success is our priority. Here, you matter, and we're with you every step of the way to make sure you succeed. Choose a university community that cares about you as a student for life. Discover us at online.umary.edu slash discovermary. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. The world is changing fast and needs problem solvers and critical thinkers. Right here in your backyard, Not Marty believes every student has the potential to serve the world and make a difference. We will help you obtain a degree that prepares you for success by exploring your talents and passion. Our community goes above and beyond to help each student feel at home, surrounded by love and support. We can't wait for you to see what's possible, and we hope the future brings you here, close to home, at mountmarty.edu. Hello, I'm Linda Baldwin with the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. We are now open, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday and 9 to 5 on Saturdays. We're located at 3709 South Grange, just west of Costco. We stock Catholic books, artwork, saint medals, rosaries, Bibles, parish supplies, plus mystic monk coffee and gifts for those special occasions like baptisms, first communion, and confirmation. I look forward to your visit to the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. This is Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Now, back to more faith, family, and fun with the Rutten Brothers. And welcome back to Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. I'm one of three hosts, so I can't really call myself a co-host. I'm Joe Rutten, and I'm joined, as always, by my brothers Rutten, the priests, Father Paul the Elder and Father John the Younger. How we doing, fellas? Great. Doing good. All right. Yeah, we had a great episode. I loved, uh, you know, our synergy sometimes isn't there. (laughs) You know what I find, though? When our synergy isn't there, everybody else thinks it's the best show ever. So I've actually learned when I didn't like the show. Someone else does. Somebody else does. Yeah. Well, I guess our show is going to be a bomb this month. (laughs) Because you really liked it. Because I really thought we were. You know, the other thing is, it's, it's, it's hard. And this is. It's hard when you have a laptop, you got your phone. I, I just came from work. It's the, you know, I got my work in the afternoon. And sometimes I'm not really with you two. 
What? Oh, you're kidding. Are you no. in your own head thinking yeah. about like <laughs> yeah. six other yeah. things? Yeah, I record a whole hour show for Rutten Radio, and I actually don't remember anything. <laughs> so, oh. all right. Oh, boy, oh, boy. We, we go got on. some shout-outs, don't we? Let's Shout-outs. Uh, <laughs> that's my favorite part of the old version of the Rutten oh, Radio yeah. was doing shout-outs live. I still remember Joel Staus being down in oh, the Joel Caribbean, Staus. Mexico, yeah. or wherever. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, on Facebook, Kathy Sweetman, she's my shout-out. So, Kathy, known Kathy, the Sweetmans, Dick and Kathy and Tom and uh, the the family uh, for yeah, a long time. Yeah. Uh, and so, Kathy Sweetman, give her a shout-out. She mentioned on the last show she really likes um, the movie that we did the last time. Oh, really? So, yeah. It's pretty good. Well, Cal- Kathy, thanks for listening. Uh yeah. I think you're going to like, if you haven't watched this one, Kathy, make sure you watch this one. You're going to love next month's. We yeah. won't reveal it yet until the end of the show, but yeah. next month's yeah. movie is going to be fantastic. Paul, you got any shout outs? Yeah, Corey Richard. Uh, from Watertown. Uh, just good, faithful man uh, from Watertown. Watches or listens to our show, too. So got all kinds of people. So funny thing how this works being priests. I was in the hospital. I can't, or no, I can, because she was a nurse. <laughs> I was thinking of HIPAA. HIPAA. And actually, with the, the movie, there's a HIPAA issue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember when she says, well, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a oh, HIPAA yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Corey's sister is in my parish. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, had a, and they put the two and two together, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, small world. So yep. that happens a lot, Watertown people. But now that you're in town, yep. I don't see people that you're connected to, too, because they just stay with you. <laughs> Who am I going to shout out? I'm going to shout out like a whole bunch of people, but I'll just do it really quickly underneath the umbrella of the Catholic men's business fraternity. You know what? I'm just really blessed. I have a small group of men that I get to spend almost like small group time with three times, really almost once a week. And I'm telling you every Wednesday morning, it is just the greatest blessing for me to be able to be in fraternity and to be in a place where um, the fellas have a place of trust where they can be honest and be vulnerable and share. And nobody's wept yet, Father John, like you, but you know, it is a place where they kind of share their heart and they can say, Hey, here's where my, my challenges are. And here's where mm-hmm. an opportunity is for me to link arms with my brother. So I'll give a shout out to the Catholic men's business fraternity board of advisors. You guys are all rock stars. And if you don't listen to Rutten radio, you should. So with that, our movie of the month, the second half of the movie of the, uh, of Rutten Radio here, we kind of expound on further thoughts, themes, uh, lessons from uh, the movie. And the movie is the same, I shouldn't say the, there's no article, same Same kind kind of different as me. It's a fantastic movie about brokenness, about a challenged, struggling marriage in which the husband Maybe uh, Annie's up and has an opportunity to come alongside his wife, although not willingly at first. Eventually, his heart softens, his mind changes, and he really has a full conversion where he comes to love his wife, his marriage, and to live a more deep experience. And it happens through a relationship with a homeless man and working at a food shelf, food shelter. So. One of the themes that really comes out of this or that's present often is this concept of freedom. Well, it is July, and we will be celebrating the 4th. 
Freedom and independence. Leo's birthday. And Leo Rutten's birthday. My oldest, he'll be eight. The firecracker himself. So that idea of freedom, I don't know, maybe uh, that'd be a great place for us to jump off and explore here in the second half of our father's freedom. Well, right off the bat, I always, ever since I discovered it, I can't not go right to it, is freedom has nothing to do with my circumstances. Freedom, and in its essence, is about my heart. Uh, you can be in prison, and Father Jeff Norfolk here in the diocese knows very well. Uh, Mo Irvine works in prison ministry. A number of people are in prison ministry, and you meet many prisoners who the world thinks are uh, no longer free, and they actually are deeply free because it's an internal work. And I know in my own head that I have all the freedom in the world. I can literally do just about whatever I want. I got a lot of freedom to go places, to go on a 12 day vacation, (laughs) Um, you know, and yet I can be one of the most bound people there is, bound by people's expectations of me, bound by people's perceptions of me, bound by the fear that I have of living in this world that is so uncertain. There's a lot of ways in which I can be bound, not to mention my own journey of alcoholism and how binding that had been in the multitude of ways that people are addicted today. This phone is my new addict, you know, Mm. you you, you just Mm -hmm. can't get rid of these things. And I'm like, what am I going in here for? Why am I looking at this? Why am I in this news site again? What am I doing? And it's just like, I am not free. Uh, But freedom at its essence is an internal place where I am so full that I no longer need other attachments to things emotionally, psychologically, Thought-wise, sexual-wise, all those relationship-wise. And then the question becomes, where does that freedom come from? And my experience has been time and again that this is the role that Christ plays in the world, is he wants to give me this freedom. And so uh, from that then, though, create environments where then I can be free I realize, oh, I want to be more free here. Like when I meet him, when I grow in my relationship with God, I gain more virtue, maybe you would say, or I gain more ability to exercise the virtues. And I say, you know what? I see now this tastes really good. I want to be free from this too. And God like gives me more ability to play an active role in the freedom. So after I was sober, I didn't do one thing to sober myself up. Well, that's not true. I said yes to going to treatment. But he just took it away. But smoking? (laughs) He didn't just take that away. That was a long journey of me growing, you know. So there are freedoms in that. And I think in this context of America, um, what we are saying is we, in a sense, want a freedom to live in this country. We want a freedom to exercise the things that when our heart is filled with God, we feel we have a right to. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, oh, it makes perfect sense. So in this country, I want that. I want this for, and that is the celebration of independence. We want to be independent in a way. But we can also look at the circumstances of America, right? We're a Protestant country and how we gain freedom and whether it was founded on the right kind of freedom right. <laughs> or whether we were just setting ourselves up for future binding down the road when we realize, oh, the founding of America coincides with uh destruction of Notre Dame and the placing of the goddess of reason on the altar. I mean, if they did that at St. Patrick's square, you know, anyway, I could go out and on. So, uh, 
There, we do want a freedom in the country and we do celebrate the gift of this country. But the reason we celebrate it is because since my heart is free, I realize I want to exercise the freedoms that follow that. And I need a country and a people who will permit that to be possible. Um, and what those possibilities are is sort of why there's so much tumult in the world today is because now we disagree on what those things we should We don't be. share the same values. Yeah. So yeah. I would like to get a, I'm going to take your virtue and I'm going to double down, right? So now I'm going to go to virtue and I'm going to call on the great Irish philosopher, Edmund Burke. If I could talk like an Irishman, I, have, I, I should have practiced it my Irish. Like English. I know. I know. Uh, right, right. Great. Don't do that the to the Irish. So, right, right. So Edmund Burke uh, has a fantastic quote about liberty, about freedom. Um, and what he's talking about is that our... The civil liberty is given to us in proportion to the moral chains of our appetites, our passions, right? And he concludes this. He says, it's ordained in the eternal constitution of things that men of intemperate minds that can't regulate their passions cannot be free. Mm. Their passions forge their fetters. A person, uh, Raphael, when he painted the, the classical virtues, temperance is painted with an angel holding the bit for a horse in bridle. Oh. Mm -hmm. That. The, so when what he's what Edmund Burke is saying here is he said if a person cannot regulate or control their passions, Aristotle said it's like a runaway chariot. It's a horse runaway. I know somebody ended up in the hospital because a horse broke away and took off and they couldn't stay on it and they fell off and like it's very dangerous. You can die. Our great grandmother, as a matter of fact, horse oh. and buggy, horse and buggy, right? Yeah. That this idea of temperance is necessary for the human person to actually discover the freedom to do what they ought and to become who they were created to be. So I'll take your freedom of internal mind and heart and i'll double down on the virtue which are habits of excellence and if we don't have temperance then our passions will control our lives and destruction awaits yeah. father paul and to bring it into the modern people jocko wilnick <laughs> jocko jocko what wilnick jocko listens to us he says <laughs> jocko he says <gasps> Discipline equals freedom. Ooh. So again, it's this reality. Like he isn't coming up with anything new. He just is understanding. I think the challenge though, as a Christian is to say, where does the discipline come from? And there is a part of it that I need the grace to be disciplined. <laughs> like there is this sense, like I need to know it. I desire it, but there is a part of it where I don't always have the ability. Like we just want to sometimes say to people, well, just stop doing that. Well, I need grace to, um, but I also need to work at it, and it is a discipline um, in the midst of it all that that freedom isn't just getting to do whatever we want. Like that, that's not really what it's it's about. And at the same time, to also see that boundaries really are very helpful for freedom. You know, and so when we know the boundaries, when we know kind of limitations of where we can work within, there really is uh, the ability to be free. Right. There's a sociological study of. Uh, children and playgrounds, I'll have to look it up and track it down. But they tracked 
the freedom of children at recess based upon playgrounds with fences and without. Right. Now, I don't think they actually probably make playgrounds without fences anymore, but you remember the old yep. days with Cathedral. I mean, you had the wall that separated the driveway for the priests to their garage, and after that, you know, there's no fences. Um, and what they discovered was that playgrounds with fences, children would go to the extremities and the corners. Playground Playgrounds without fences, children tended to uh, uh, stay closer to the door to the building by nature when we don't understand or know our limitations we lack the freedom to explore to the boundaries and i think that's an important reminder to us as we do seek discipline right Mm -hmm. we do seek to live lives of freedom and virtue that we have to seek the instructions as saint benedict saint benedict would say seek the instructions of the master we have, to, we have to have a conversation. We have to have attentive ears to the God that created us so that we can hear his voice because then we get to understand the parameters of what it means to live and live well. And if we aren't doing that, you know, we're going to find that either we, we kind of hole up and stay close to the entrance or we get unbridled and we become the runaway chariot, the runaway horse that crashes. And somebody had mentioned about the woman in the movie she's what 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 i saw happening was that interlocution that ability to listen to her mind and her heart well we would say that in the christian tradition that that's christ that's god's voice speaking to her in her conscience and helping her to understand and this is it's it's in the moment that she's exercising this that she's doing this that she's becoming more attentive and at the beginning, she's like, I don't know why. Just go do it. I just know mm-hmm. you're supposed to do it. And that, for me, is the great spiritual walk for the average Christian, for the average person, is to just in the moment be attentive to what is my mind and heart telling me? How is Christ speaking to me? And then follow that. And over time, this, I find, is where I learn to live better because I can discern better in the moment, not just in the morning when I wake up in my prayer time or in my examination at the end of the night, but in the moment where I need virtue to be present. Yeah, I mean, I think also with that, the ability just to step back and really evaluate and, and really take an honest look at things. And I think we sometimes think things are really free, but if we really took a deeper look, we'd see a real compulsion, uh, real addictions, real binding but our culture just sort of celebrates it in a way that, that we think, you know, there, there's freedom, even like what's all happening in our country. Like the people are just doing all kinds of things. And like, it's like, well, that's not really freedom. That's destruction. Like that they're not really thinking. Um, and even for ourselves to be able to then step back and say, well, maybe I need to adjust this. Maybe this really isn't good for me. Um, you know, but it is that ability to, to look a little bit closer at what's going on in my life. Yeah, the the dynamic of what's going. Two things strike me about that is number one, do we as Christians believe um, that Christ is essential to my ability to live freedom, right? Or are we just Stoics? I don't know. know. What do you think? um, (laughs) Well, I know that no matter how much I tried to quit smoking. You could put me through, and they did at the seminary, put me through a ton of conversations about virtue. That didn't matter at really? all. Really? 
Oh yeah, I mean oh, it doesn't wow. it doesn't help me quit smoking. Would help, it would have made me resentful, <laughs> you know. Uh, it can now it can give me an awareness of what is true, but even that, like I have because of the first gift of being sober, I think, oh, I want more of this. Oh, oh, this is where the smoking, you know. And then I go try and play basketball, and I can't hardly breathe, and I'm like, the circumstance of that then provokes more. Okay, now I know what I not, you know, like right. it's this ongoing thing that. And and I don't mean it in a way to discount the the virtue at all because that's a that's the way it works. I mean that's the tradition of the church is the virtuous life. That's the way we recognize the canonization of saints is through the virtues. But for us to never forget that we're talking to a world that may not even beginning may not even be in a place where they like without him I'm nothing. Right. But because of him, then the virtues make sense, and so it's possible too. We're talking to a world that is blinded. I mean, do we believe that that sin, and I don't mean that these people are sinners, I don't know people mm-hmm. out there on all sides of these issues, but do we believe that like your mind is darkened and your your will is weakened? Do we believe that? Like why why are people uh racist? Well, because they don't know Jesus. They don't know the real Jesus. Like uh, or because they're weak, they know the real Jesus, but they're weak in front of it, and so they fall to the temptations of racism. Uh, why are people throwing things through store windows? Uh, because they don't know Jesus. Like they're into, they don't even see what they're doing. To them, they don't. Um, so that that possibility, like I really need him to be able to see it. And then secondly, uh, I found myself more needing Jesus to engage than to not. Well, both. But to engage, like I've had to not do things on social media has been like, I need you, Jesus, because right. I'm going to do that. But then I've needed him in my real life to do it, like to drive home into my garage and go talk to the neighbors who are African. And like that took a real. And when when I did that, that's when I felt the most alive in front of this issue, because I had to exercise virtue Courage, courage, <laughs> courage. Yeah, just just go talk to them, and it had nothing to do with the fact that they were black. It had a fact to do with they were people that I don't know, and what are they going to think of me? And I'm a priest, and they're going to think I'm weird. And the guy in the garage <laughs> doesn't want to talk to me anyway. And yeah. you know, oh my gosh, and they're yeah. Anyway, so the courage to actually do so, that courage to actually yeah. do so, and it was easy. It was I needed temperance to not do anything online, right? Yeah. And then they courage to do the thing in front of me, uh, and. And but Jesus, and then is you like found freedom in both. I found freedom in both, and that's kind of how I knew that I had to go do the one and not do the other. Hmm. Right, it's because of the fruit of it. I was like, oh, I think I need to keep reaching out to people like this because yeah. this is like this is kind of the an old, uh, you know, work, right? Saint Thomas, grace builds on nature. Saint Paul, it's not Christ who lives, but or it's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Um, Faith and work. It's a, yeah, virtue. A stoic alone, I, I think, would still struggle today. And but. people probably don't know what a stoic is. I don't know. <laughs> Father Paul. Maybe they do. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, oh, what do you think, Paul? I also think what I see in the challenge today is we don't account for the reality that we're going to make mistakes. Hmm. Like everything we see happening, it's like, nobody has permission to fail or to have made a mistake. Like they just, we just look at everything and we say, well, you know, he had a slave once. Well, okay. 
But can he not grow in virtue? Can he not come to a place? Was he not part of a culture? Like this idea that no one can make mistakes. And and what they do, what I see happening is institutions memorialize, whether we like it or not, the good and the bad. And they're trying, in a sense, to get rid of all institutions because then there's no history of mistakes. <laughs> ah. Like, then there, there's then I'm not part of anything that has a bad history. You know, we're, we're finding young people don't want to join churches that are attached to denominations. And I think it's because of this. Because the denomination carries with it hundreds of years, and for us, thousands of years, that weren't always pretty. And we don't know how to stand before it. Mm. And to say, I made a mistake. To say, okay, maybe I wasn't nice to my neighbor. And I really was a jerk. Okay. Well, can I grow? Can I say I, I made a mistake? And I, I, our culture doesn't permit it. Right. So no one wants anything to be ever put out there because there's no mercy. Like there's no sense. Like wow, I think there's a lot there. Paul. And 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 then you're not free because you're you then you have no like you're not going to risk any fear. Fear is like, because what if I make a mistake and then oh my gosh and then I'm going to get crucified. Yeah, and is it possible, too, that the opposite side of that is to be so entrenched in your position so that if you are wrong, you don't have to even see it or look at it? Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm either going to hole up yep, or I'm taking a position and you can't challenge me. You yep. can't say I have anything wrong because you have to have the right position. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you're right. So there's no dialogue anymore from a person who was demanding dialogue. Yeah. Um, from yeah, right. and I think the movie did a good job of that. Like, it wasn't mm -hmm. just one side's problem. Right. Denver had to admit that he also had a problem, and he also was part of this problem, and he wasn't also very nice, and he had a backstory too. And it was this realization that both people are, are have issues, and both people have a part to play in the, the problems, um, but nobody wants to have to admit it. Like, I don't want to admit it. That's you know, interesting. There's, uh, I think it's um, Dave Verboom, maybe, or Lumen Gentium, probably. There's one of the church documents that comes out of Second Vatican Council that talks about how in every age, men and women are called to rise up and address the ills of the day. Hmm. And it kind of, when I heard this, it kind of helps me look at this in a way in which... Um, if I just see, oh yeah, it kind of ebbs and flows. The church's job is to be the place of grace where Christ moves a people to address those issues today. And I'm a part of that. So I got to address these. And I don't, I don't have to necessarily like, of course I'm going to look back and say there was bad things that went up and down because that's the way it is in the church's job. Okay, so now I need the grace to say, okay, I'm in front of these things. What do I do to change what's mm -hmm. here? Um, right. As opposed to, I can focus on the past. Yep. I can have idealism about what the future will be, and then it prevents me from having to say, "But what do I do right now?" Well, right. and then what <laughs> happens when I go home and I'm lonely, struggle with identity, am weak, am you know? There's a whole generation. There's a whole nation of people, I suppose. Um, you know that when when we shut our doors and we go home we got to wrestle with our own realities. Mm -hmm. And I think in my life, I can just, uh, that it is really a lot easier for me to point out everybody else's problems and to sure. not that we shouldn't be dealing with the social ills of today, but to some degree, 
it has to happen uh, in a manner that also begins in my heart. Like Alexander Solzhenitsyn and Edmund Burke are saying that this is a, this begins with you. This begins in your mind and your heart begins with temp begins with virtue and grace in your heart. And I find that I am most unwilling to look in inside myself and point at everybody else when I'm actually in the worst spot internally. Right. I'm most critical. I'm most violent. I'm most uh, impatient when I'm struggling, when I've got real issues that I don't want to deal with. That's when I'm, I lack mercy the most. Mm. And maybe that's a sign to us in the church of the circumstances of the world today. I can wish it was one way or another, but really what we have is a bunch of people who are crying out and saying, I'm in the worst position and I don't, Anyway, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and how does the church be the presence of a God of mercy? Right. Well, let's, uh, if we cry out, we can do so like the Israelites in the desert. And uh, we too today as a people and as a nation can cry out to our Lord and to ask our Father to be with us as we say our family prayer. Our, our Father, Father, we, we thank, thank you for your love and for your many blessings, especially for the precious gift of each other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another, quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness, generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state and life you plan for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care, preserve us from the corruption of the modern world, and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. Thanks for joining us here on the Real Presence Network, and you've been listening to Rutten Radio. Tune in next month for our movie, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. You've been listening to Rutten Radio on Real Presence Radio. To hear today's episode again, visit our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com, and find it on the Sioux Falls podcast page. You can also find it on our app under podcasts and special events. And be sure to tune in for more Rutten Radio next month. Rotten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through planned giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. 
the goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. The world is changing fast and needs problem solvers and critical thinkers. Right here in your backyard, Mount Marty believes every student has the potential to serve the world and make a difference. We will help you obtain a degree that prepares you for success by exploring your talents and passion. Our community goes above and beyond to help each student feel at home, surrounded by love and support. We can't wait for you to see what's possible. We hope the future brings you here, close to home, at mountmarty.edu. 